have your Bible, turn with me please to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. If you need help finding it, ask your neighbor. I'm sure they might be able to. After you find Genesis chapter 1, hold your place there if you need one and find 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, we're going to be in both of these places today, but I'll begin in Genesis chapter number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Let's pray. Lord, help us in this time together to get a sense of what the Spirit of God may be leading us to do. Help us, Lord, to understand Your Word. Lord, fill me now with Thy Holy Spirit, I pray, in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, I want to bring you a message taken directly from the pages that we have read entitled, Let There Be Light. Let there be light. We understand that God created all that is with the spoken word. And when He did, He said, Let there be light and there was light. I want you to keep your place there. Perhaps put your marker in your Bible there. And let us look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And the Bible tells us here in verse number 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. But when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Now I want to just say that the Bible reveals plainly that the Lord God created on the first day, 
the morning and the evening. He, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Now folks, I want to say that God is light. But we are living in a day that is really under the domination of the one who is in darkness, the, the prince in the power of this air, who really has sway with the children of darkness. We're living in an evil, dark time frame. There's sorrow and pain. There's fear and hopelessness on every hand. And in the midst of all of this, God has called we who are named as children of light to shine as lights in the world. The Lord God who commanded that light should shine out of darkness has commanded that it should shine in our hearts and then that we would let our light so shine before men that they might see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. I'll tell you that as we begin this passage, we, we understand the creation of light. The Bible tells us that the evening and the morning were the first day. And it really doesn't take a rocket scientist, perhaps someone that can read at a third grade level, to understand that God created everything on that day in 24 hours. That what God did was created all that is in six literal days. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I'm really happy that I have a God that's so big that He can speak everything to, into existence in six seconds, but He chose to do it in six days. And there are many in this dispensation and period of time that will try to diminish the power, the might, and the wonder of God. They have come up with such theories that are almost utterly baseless, such as the day-age theory, that somehow that one day that's spoken of is indicative of an entire age of time, and so it ties together with something that people call theistic evolution that says that God created the evolu- or started the evolutionary process into motion and that it took billions and billions of years. And by intelligent design, God started that and ordained for the billions of years to do its work. Folks, why can't we just believe that God's big enough, God's mighty enough, God's wonderful enough, He's powerful enough to create all that is in six days? Why do we have to weaken and diminish God? Folks, listen, scientists who, who want to pacify their wife that goes to church coming up with ideas like theistic evolutionists, uh, evolutionism, it's ridiculous because it's trying to get mankind to put God on a level with science. And I don't know about you, but I've had about a quiver full of that listening on the news to politicians saying we're not going to do anything that the scientists don't tell us to do. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. You know what a doctor is? <laughs> a medical scientist. They've, they've been in the laboratory. They've studied medical science. And now they are medical practitioners. How many of you have ever been to a medical scientist 
and you felt like you were the guinea pig. Why? They're not absolute, are they? How many of you have ever had a doctor make a mistake in a diagnosis? You know, I remember a number of years ago, my dad was going through some health issues. He was pastoring in Colorado, and, and uh, the doctor uh, misprescribed his medication. He had hyperthyroidism, uh, uh, hypothyroidism, and they diagnosed him as having hyperthyroidism. And uh, they misprescribed the medicine. And you know what? He lost almost 75 pounds. And, uh, and, and he got to the place where he nearly died. Why? Because someone with a medical science degree made a mistake. Folks, listen. The Bible says, Let God be found true and every man a, a liar. So who are you going to trust? A scientist or God? I'm going to trust God. And so look, I believe what the Bible says, that God created all that is in six literal days. And what we understand from this is that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And so what we know is that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, even as we read earlier, and that Jesus, who is God, manifested in the flesh, did not find His beginnings in a manger in Bethlehem, but He is the Ancient of Days. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the First, the Last, the Beginning, and the End. He is the Author. He is the Finisher. He is the One that was and is and is to come. And He stepped out on nothing. And He called nothing into order and created all that is in six literal days. And when He did, He said, Let there be light. And there was light. There was light. Light, my friends, is the foundation for life. Apart from light, there is no life. You might have food to eat, water to drink, but if, you, if this world is without sunlight, everything in time will die. It is necessary for life. In all the subsequent days, Jesus created all that would sustain life, but we need the light of God to shine in our lives, the light of the gospel to give us light, and then He will, as He promised, give unto us all things that pertain unto life and to godliness. He began with first things first. And what we notice is that God separated light and darkness. He separated night and day. And that's a picture of the character of God. You see, all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yea and yea. And listen, God is yea and nay. He's, understand, He's light and in Him is no darkness at all. And realize that, my friends, all the promises of God, they're right there. God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. There's no shadiness with God. There's no deceitfulness with God. There's no lack of communication with God. He has given us the light on life and immortality according to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And verse number 10, and when God separated the light and the darkness, when He separated the night and the day, and the morning and the evening were the first day, He looked and He said, it is good. It's good. You know, 
Everything that God does is good. Did you know that? Yep, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So a good God did what He did. And that was that He created light because God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. So we see the creation of light, but we notice as well the children of light. And as we read in 1 Thessalonians 5, the Bible there says that ye are the children of light and ye are the children of day. So we are the children of light and the children of day. The Father of lights, the Lord Jesus Christ. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You see, our Heavenly Father has children and the Father of lights has children of light. That's you, and that's me. And so, recognize that the God that created all that is in six literal days, first creating light, has made a new creation. We are His new creation. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Understand that that word creation mean, or, or, or creature means creation, the handiwork of God. So God did not, when He saved you, just clean up the old man. You know what He did? He made you brand new. He made you brand new. I told the folks in the last service that uh, yesterday we were upstairs and we were going through and we were pulling out old flooring so that we could have new flooring. And we were, uh, we were uh, taking out old fixtures and things that, that had long since outlived their usefulness. And, uh, and there were a lot of things that I didn't know what to do with. And, and uh, Linda came in and she said, listen, we don't want to have new paint, new floor, new light, new blinds, new, new seating, and old stuff to put in those rooms. We don't want all this stuff that that doesn't match so look let's go ahead and not just renovate let's make it new god didn't clean up the old man he made us brand new he made us the very righteousness of god in christ so you and i are a new creation into which God has placed His light, and He calls us to walk as the children of light. We know that the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, and chapter number 5, that it says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You know what? Those that walk in darkness, the Bible calls in this chapter the children of darkness. And so as we read on, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather 
reprove them. So we are called to be the children of light, to walk as the children of light. Let there be a distinction between your life and the light or, or, or the life of the children that are walking in darkness. So we notice the creation of light, and we, we see that we are His new creation, the children of light. But would you notice with me the command to light? The command to light. You see, God who created all that is stepped out on the first day, and He said, let there be light, and there was light. Folks, all of the elements at the cellular level, the molecular level, all of the energy that is, is bound up in our God, He harnessed all of that, and when He made a statement to create something, when He said, let there be light, there was light. All creation responds in obedience to the voice of God. As you read through uh, the Word of God, you'll be impressed as I am with the fact that every part of God's creation responds to His voice. Let me tell you how. I understand that we can read in 1 Kings where that the ravens obeyed the voice of God and they fed the prophet of God. We know that the molecules and the cells obeyed God at the Red Sea and they parted ways and they separated themselves at the voice of God and people 5,000 abreast walked across on dry ground. Understand, you go to the book of Jonah and you see there's a prophet running from the will of God there in chapter 1. And so what did God do? He commanded the wind to start blowing. He commanded the waves to start billowing. And the wind obeyed him and the waves obeyed him. And when they threw Jonah in, he commanded a whale to come and swallow the prophet of the Lord. And the whale obeyed God. In chapter 4, God uh, allowed a fig tree to grow up over uh, Jonah and provide him with shade. But you know what? He was angry at God. And so God told a worm to eat the leaves and to take away his shade. And so what we find is that the wind obeyed God and the waves obeyed God and the whale obeyed God and the worm obeyed God. But the prophet, he's the one that disobeyed God. He can read through the the Gospels and understand that Jesus commanded hundred I think it's one hundred fifty seven fish on the shore of Galilee to jump in the nets of the uh, of the disciples at his command and they obeyed. There was a fish that came up had a, a coin in his mouth. He obeyed the command of the Lord. We know that the veil of the temple was rent in twain. It obeyed God when God said, "You're going to be torn from top to bottom." Listen, the the ground began to quake and shake at the will and the voice of God. The dead received life again. The blinded eyes were made to see. The lame were made to walk again. And all of God's creation responds in obedience to His call except those for whom He died. You think of that. When God stepped out on nothing and said, let there be light, there was light. 
But you who are His new creation, He says in your life, let there be light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We see the command to light. The command to light. We see the power of the Word of God in that all creation was in obedience to the command to light. But we who have been commanded to let our light shine, will we in such fashion respond to the voice of God that says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It was a command to light. But my friends, it leads us to this, that the Bible tells us that we are to walk as children of light in Ephesians chapter 5 and to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We're told to let our light so shine before men in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. That they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. And the word let there means allow. That means that you and I have a choice. And I'm always overcome by the goodness of God. And that is that He is a good God. He never forces His will on any person. He always gives you a choice in the matter. He said, I'm I'm asking you to let or allow your light, the light of God that's in you, to so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's a choice that we must make. We have to choose to walk as the children of light. And the entrance of God's Word gives light. Did you know that? And listen, it it begins with God. We, We understand this, that the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, that he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's where it begins. And then that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So in other words, for someone to be saved, they have to begin with the belief that God is real, that he exists. Linda and I were talking to Phoebe the other day, and she shared that uh, there was a young girl that uh, she goes to school with that was questioning, musing out loud uh, between class periods to her as to whether there was even a God or if God was real. And my friends, I want to tell you something, that if you question whether God is real or whether He exists, you cannot be saved. Because faith begins with the conviction that I'm going to believe what God says in His Word that God is. It begins with that assumption. Genesis 1 begins with that assumption. In the beginning, God. And so, you know what? Uh, Listen, how do I believe in a God that I have not seen? Well, I see His handiwork everywhere, and I know it's His handiwork because His Bible has told me so, and by faith, I choose to believe it. And God is a rewarder of those that place faith in Him. And as we receive the light of God, God will give us more light. And as we receive more light, guess what? We have a greater capacity to shine. A greater capacity for God to shine the light that He calls us to shine. 
Why do some people go through their whole life and they just seem like a nightlight? And others go through their life and they seem like a lighthouse. It's because they have received the truth of God and the entrance of God's Word into their heart causes the light to shine more brightly in this world. Their heart is tendered before God and they are believing it by faith. And then they are conversely choosing to let the light of God shine through them. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I've been a little discouraged at times through this COVID-19 pandemic about the state of the church. And I'm going to tell you that all of us have have been kind of victimized by it at one point or another. I know we have, and uh, I'm not going to ask you if you have or you haven't, because I don't want to uh, put you in a position where you feel like you have to fudge on the truth a little bit. But you know what? I've talked to a lot of people that have said, you know, I have to confess, Pastor, there have been a lot of times during COVID where um, I've just let a service time sneak up on me and sneak past me without me thinking about it. And when I realized it, the service would be almost over. And I thought, well, I'll just pick it up on the video tomorrow. And then tomorrow never really makes its way home. And I just, just forgot all of a sudden. I got busy doing something. I had to go to the store. And somebody called. And I forgot it was Sunday night. forgot what time it was. And by the time I remembered, the service was over. Didn't get the word in me. A lot of folks that I've talked to have said, you know, they, they have all good intentions to get, get everybody to get, get kids in here. It's, it's time for church. We're going to watch church on the TV. And they've got a bowl of popcorn and they've got a glass of Dr. Pepper and they've got their tablet and their phones and, and everybody's sitting around checking the sports scores and looking on Facebook and, and, uh, and, 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 and trying to catch up on all the news and find out what's happening with the Supreme Court and eating popcorn and not getting one iota of what that preacher has labored to share and when the broadcast is over they couldn't tell you what at all it was about and look I realize that's the time in which we're living but you know there are a lot of people that don't even think about doing that anymore you know that I prepare to deliver 11 messages to our church every week 11 I know there's some people that probably in some weeks could say that they've heard all 11 Uh, On Sunday morning, three of them are just the same, right? But I'm going to tell you something. It it takes work to deliver each one. (laughs) You know, I'm not just recording it and pressing play. (laughs) I still have to pray for God's power on my life. I need the endowment of God's Spirit. There's still the work and the energy to, to, to give it and communicate it in a way that, that, that reaches hearts. And, and, and look, folks, I'm, I'm just simply saying there are a lot of people that have not allowed the Word of God to enter their hearts much during the last six months, and so you know what? Their light has been diminished. They've not chosen really to be the children of light to the same extent And you know what? We felt we had a special dispensation because of COVID-19. God understands, right? (laughs) You know, where are the people that come to the place and they say, look, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him? You know, that, that there's too much hanging in the balance right now. That there are people's lives hanging in the balance and they need the Lord. There are people that are being drawn into death with COVID and nobody has ever given them the gospel. Uh, what are we going to do to try to get it to them? There are those who've lost loved ones and they can't even have a funeral. And if they wanted to have a funeral, they don't have a pastor or a church or a Bible. And what about them? Uh, look, there are people that need the Lord. And you know, we just said, time out, it's COVID. And you know what? We've not received the word 
our light has been dimmed because we have failed to continue taking it in. And what's happening is, instead of as a child of light, using the light to strike out the darkness, we've allowed the darkness to shroud the light of God in our lives. The other day I was talking to a gentleman who said, "Uh, Pastor Mark, I uh, smoked most all of my adult life. And when I got saved, I quit smoking. And for two years, I didn't smoke one single cigarette. And when COVID-19 started, I started hanging out with guys after work. And they all smoked. He's like, now I'm backed up over a pack a day. You see, what happened was the darkness influenced him rather than the light striking out the darkness, and it diminished the luster of the light of God in that place. When God said, let there be light, be light, He was having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness rather than letting the light of God in Him reprove those things. And it diminished His effectiveness. And He became just a nightlight when God wanted Him to be a lighthouse for God. And folks, I believe that We have to make the choice to decide to walk as the children of light. Friends, uh, most of you know that uh, Becky, who you heard sing this morning, is getting married to Brother Daniel soon. And just like everybody else, they have to go through premarital counseling. And premarital counseling, to me, it's an essential. You know, it's amazing. I, I know people that have gone to eight years of college to prepare for a career. We, we had some folks like that in here. I, I know my wife, she's been to several years of college. She's got professional certifications to prepare for a career. Okay, Why would somebody commit to something until death do us part and take no time to prepare for it formally? You understand? So I think 12 hours of premarital counseling is the least that can be done. Amen? But inevitably, during that whole counseling time, as with every other couple that comes in, during the course of our time together, I ask them a question. What kind of a home do you want to have? Do you want to have a Christian home? Oh, yes. You want to have a Christian home? Okay. What do you believe, based on what you know of the Scripture? will a Christian home look like? What will a life in a Christian home consist of? Is it just putting Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 on the wall in the hallway? Is it putting footprints in the sand on the wall behind the toilet in the guest bathroom? Is it putting the 23rd Psalm on the wall in the kitchen? Is it playing music from a Christian radio station? Is it having a Bible on the coffee table? What does a Christian home look like? What does it consist of? You see, it must consist of those living in that home deciding every day to live the life of Christ And that is a choice, understanding that God is light 
and in Him is no darkness at all, and that I'm to walk as a child of the light, to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So when Netflix brings dark smut into the household, it's time to cut Netflix off, right? Why? Because God's called me not to have anything to do with that, to let darkness be separated from light. When the Christian radio station is questioning the doctrines of God in their talk shows, it's time to get some CDs and listen to some godly music and not plug in to the pop, secular, uh, pseudo-quasi-theologians that want to counsel people. And because they have a radio show and a book, everybody thinks they're smart. And they think they're smarter than God. Folks, it's time... To walk as the children of light. Listen, we've got to come to the place where we choose to let the light shine. It's a choice that we make to respond to the voice of God who said, let there be light. And we say, there'll be light right here, dear God. I will obey, just like the wind and the waves, the whale and the worm. I will respond to the voice of my Creator. And when He says, let there be light, there'll be light shining in my home and in my workplace and in my neighborhood. Finally, we we come to this and we find something incredible in 1 Thessalonians 5 where it tells us in verse number 11, wherefore, comfort yourselves together. He's just called them the children of light, the children of the day. He said, Comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also ye do the comfort of light. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, The Bible tells us thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, listen, have you ever had the power go out at your house? Yeah, and look, you've been in the darkness and you're fumbling around, you can't find a flashlight, and it's dark, and you think, well, I remember how to navigate the house. I, I arranged the furniture, and it's always amazing to me how my toes never remember where the bedposts are. But uh, that all notwithstanding, uh, you know, listen, there's something foreboding about the darkness, but there's something that's comforting about the light. Now, how many of you would like to be like California and have rolling blackouts? Boy, not me. I like having electricity all the time. You, you too? I like indoor plumbing, right? I like when it works, don't you? And uh, uh, folks, I, I live in Arizona. Guess what? I like when the air conditioning works all the time in the summer. How about you? Do you like that? You know, listen. God doesn't want us just to shine occasionally. He doesn't want us to be on a photo cell. And just when it gets a little dark, we start blinking on. No, He wants us to shine all the time. Let there be light. Light will bring comfort. When I was a little boy, I was afraid of the dark. And when mom put a night light by my bed, it brought comfort to my heart. Last night, we, Linda and I were invited to uh, celebrate Brother Kurt Chapman's 85th birthday along with some other folks that gathered together. 
And we had a sweet time of fellowship. Really enjoyed it. And as the party began to wind down a little bit, it was time to go, and we were going to take Miss Peggy home. Now, Miss Peggy is 90 years old, and she's a dear sweetheart. We love her so much. When Pat Chapman went to be with the Lord, she lost her dearest friend. And so Linda has tried to keep touch with her a little bit just to encourage her through these days. And so we said, we'll take you home. Now, she's 90, and she's been having some trouble lately with her legs working like she wants them to. So when we got ready to go, we went out onto the porch, and the porch light was on, and we got to the front lawn, and uh, it seemed that was the more direct path to the car than going around through the driveway, and so she stepped onto the grass. Well, they have a big pine tree in the front yard that was obstructing the light of the, of the street lights, so it was especially dark in the front yard. And Linda was there and had her arms like this around Peggy and had one arm, uh, her hand, right by her elbow and was prepared to help her should she stumble. And I thought, this is not going to work because we couldn't see one foot in front of the other. So I pulled out my cell phone and I put the flashlight on and I got beside them and I shone the light on the lawn right in front of their feet. And so they had the light for every step they would take. And so instead of taking steps like this, they were able to have courage and they were able to have comfort to step forward confidently and see themselves all the way into the vehicle. And do you know, I'm going to tell you something. God wants you to carry the comfort and hope that comes from the gospel light to somebody to carry the message of hope and comfort to shine the light of hope into somebody's life to shine the comfort of that hope into someone's life at your workplace tomorrow and when you get to work and you're in the break room and there's a lost co-workers there and God says let there be light What's going to happen? Will the lights come on? You see, he stepped out on nothing and said, let there be light. And there was light. When we get home and God says, let there be light. Will there be the light of hope and the light of comfort that comes through the gospel of Jesus shining through us to empty darkened hearts? My friends, we're living in a time in human history, as far as my personal experience, I have never seen a time when we were in greater political darkness, greater financial darkness, greater geopolitical darkness, greater moral and social darkness, greater educational academic darkness than we are now. It's devastating. 
and people are afraid and they're in pain and they have no hope. And what they need is not someone who's seeking the comfort of dark places to mollify the pain in their heart when they have been called to be the children of the day and the children of light. What they need is the light and the comfort that it brings. And God is calling you to carry the light that brings the comfort through the gospel of Jesus to those who are in the darkness of sin. And so Almighty God steps out today and to you He says, let there be light. And I wonder, will there be? Or will it shine occasionally? Or just with this friend that we really like? Or just with my niece that I've been witnessing to. No, God wants there to be light all the time. Our preaching series this month is Shine the Light of the Gospel. And I know some folks that they'll go and make a visit. And I'm thankful they do it. But the rest of the week, it's just not a priority. The people they encounter. Folks, don't let the darkness in any wise diminish the luster of the gospel light in you. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let there be light. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time together. Lord, I pray that You would help us to determine to let the light of God shine brightly in us and then through us. Lord, may like the wind and the waves, the whale and the worm, like the ravens and the fish, like the rocks and all that You created, respond to Your voice at Your command. Lord, might we, Your new creation, respond to Your voice to let there be light. Help us, we pray, O God. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed for just a moment. I wonder today if there's somebody in this room that would say, Pastor Mark, I'm not sure that if I died right now that, that my sins are forgiven and that I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm concerned about that. And if that's you, I don't want to embarrass you, but I'd like to remember you in a moment of prayer. If that's you today, I wonder if you just, with the uplifted hand, say, Pastor, pray for me. Just slip your hand up and write back down. I'll see your hand and pray for you then perhaps there's one that would say, Pastor Mark, I, I know that I'm saved. There's no doubt in my mind about that, but I have not let the light shine through me consistently like I know I should. I haven't always, when God said, let there be light, let there be light. And God is speaking to me. And I want the light of the gospel to shine brightly in me and through me. That's my desire today. And you would say, pray for me, Pastor. If there's one like that, I wonder if you just slip your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. 
Lord God, how we thank you this morning for the tenderness of hearts and for the responsiveness as indicated with the uplifted hand. But far more than the hands, O oh God, you have seen the hearts. Help us, Lord, to become not a nightlight, but a lighthouse, Lord, that would just shine brightly, shine consistently in a dark, ugly world. Might we give the comfort of the light of the gospel to those held in chains of darkness. God, we need you. Thank you for this time. Help us, Lord, to recount this truth long after the service is passed. For this we pray in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen.